ladies and germs. Ladies and gentlemen, guys, 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 guys. I know I say this every time. Hey guys, hello guys. Hey guys, no, I don't say hey guys, that's not me. What's up? It's your boy Samaj and you're listening to the Me I Am podcast. Season two, hashtag listening and learning. So without further ado, I've got for you not one, but two dynamic guests. Please welcome Miyamade of the African Butterfly. Then we have host, or should I say hostess, of the Mocha Minutes podcast, Miss Stephanie. Hello, guys. Here we are. Back at again. Back, back, back again. Season two, we made it. Yeah, last year I was canceled. Yeah, last year I was out of my damn mind. But you know what? We're back. Season two. I have been renewed. I have been refreshed. I have listened. I have learned. So welcome back to the Me I Am podcast. Season two. Hashtag listening and learning. And today I am here truly to do just that. To listen and to learn. But then again, I never followed through with anything. So I probably won't do either. But I have two guests who are amazing at listening and learning and doing and teaching and correcting and all the things that we should be looking to do right now with our free time. Um, I've got for you not one, but two dynamic guests. Because season two, I'm trying something new here. Trying to give you guys some duos, some dynamic duos. People, I think, that are really great at what they do and are really going to give it to you. So (laughs) I have with us here Miyamare of that African butterfly love 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 that ig account so much great stuff over there we've got videos we've got content we've got stories we got so much so much there it's some some good some good eating over there and i mean food for the soul not just you know things that you eat because you can't eat your phone where your instagram is at so <laughs> i do mean food for the soul and then we have host or should i say hostess hostess with the mostest of the mocha menace podcast the one, the only, Miss Stephanie. If you don't know what the Mocha Menace podcast is, go brew yourself a cup of coffee, smack yourself for not knowing, and then go sit there and listen, and you will have the best time ever. So, ladies, without further ado, let us get started. Hello, ladies. Hello. Howdy, howdy. How I pickles, doing, everything kosher. How y'all doing? <laughs> we are chilling out here, and we are. So excited today to have both of you here. Thank you both for doing this. Um, I hope that we have some fun because we need some fun in in these days that we are in. Uh, So many twists and turns, so many plot twists. It really is like we're living in the middle of a James Patterson or Stephen King novel. novel. Take your pick. But uh, (laughs) hopefully we'll find... Oh, James Patterson, what number are we on? Because you know he liked to put numbers in his titles, child. He'd be like, oh, I only know that because my mother's a huge James Patterson fan. As she should loves, be. She loves his books. He's a man with a catalog. He is a man with a catalog, okay? He, re- he really is a very dense one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, ladies, uh, please tell everyone about yourselves. First, we'll have Miyamata, and then we'll have Stephanie. Hello. My name is Miyamata, or that African butterfly. As um, I do a lot of different things. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram a lot. I like to do lives on Sundays. I talk about uh, self-love and I have interviews with different people about their self-love journey. On Tuesdays, I talk about mental health and different things going on and how that impacts our mental health. And in between there, I do my Let's Talk Live where I talk about all different stuff. Um, I've talked to refugees. I've talked about astrology and ghosts. Just depends what's up to talk about. 
Um, I also do reels because that's my creative outlet and it's fun for me. So I do them. Sometimes I try to do ones that are meaningful, like, you know, to give some insight into mental illness stuff. And sometimes I just tell silly stories while I do my makeup um, (laughs) because it's fun for me. Uh, If you watch my stories, you know what I'm doing every minute of the day, mostly singing to music because I'm one of those people with a million different, like a million little boxes at the top, but I can't help it. So Sing it, baby. <laughs> um, and then I'm on YouTube. Um, I have a series called Losing Weight Sucks Vlog, where I talk about how I'm trying to lose weight, but it sucks and I hate it. Even though I want to do it, it sucks. <laughs> so much. Um, and I'm really honest oh. about it. I'm really honest about this journey. Um, and then I have a great new series I just started called... Um, Old, black, and addicted to Bravo, which both Stephanie and Samaj have been on. Uh, It's where I get some people together to talk about life stuff, but through the lens of Bravo, because sometimes you want to discuss things, but you don't always want to like, you know, you don't want to pull a Nicki Minaj and talk about your cousins, (laughs) whatever, you know, you want to like separate it from your family. So this way we can talk about life stuff, but through the lens of like the dysfunctional Bravo's lives. So I really enjoy that. Um, So yeah, that's just a little bit about me, but uh, that African butterfly, you can find me anywhere. Something for everyone. Uh, Angry Barney, what do we got? Wow, Bethany. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a clubhouse bump. Follow Stephanie on Clubhouse at the local minutes. Um, yeah, and also follow me and my own clubhouse because they've been having the big brother conversations. I'm like, yes. okay. I'm yeah. like, oh, right. <laughs> See, girl, I'll be sitting here like, I need to watch the show because y'all make it so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I forgot. Y'all. Thank you for reminding me. Steph. Yes, please play. I also have a clubhouse. See, I do too much. I have a clubhouse on Fridays with Brooke, and it's called Tell Us Everything. It started as a Big Brother clubhouse, but we talk about all reality shows. So now we just talk about everything at 1 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. Yes. Oh my gosh. Are y'all gonna see? I might have to start joining y'all when um the new Bachelorette season starts on October 19th. Yes. I was like, um, I, I watched the despair season last year. And so I was like, despair season, despair for Matt James, because he did all that rigmarole and he's still with home little miss um antebellum. So it was like, you can miss me, sir. It's like, shut the hell up. But I was like, she is too good for him. So I'm all ready to watch these men jump through every hoop to be with her because she is the shit. Um, but that is not what I was supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking about Mocha Minutes. So, guys, I'm the host of the Mocha Minutes podcast. It is a weekly topical podcast where I talk about current events, social events, um, scripted and unscripted television, mental health, my social life, or whatever comes up in my head. Essentially, when I think about it, it is um, basically the potpourri category in Black Jeopardy. Because mm-hmm. you have no idea what I'm going to talk about that week. Um yeah, so I like to swim in nuance. I like to have nuanced conversations. And sometimes um, there's not a tool, as I have grown in my age, I've noticed that there is not a right, a, sometimes when, especially when it comes to people, um, there's not a, like a completely right or wrong in some ways. Sometimes situations are not black and white, um, especially when you're talking about people, because there are people who just like, yeah, I, I can understand it. I don't agree, but I don't, but I understand it. And sometimes I like, to, I like to talk in the gray. And so that's what my show is talking in the gray. 
and so much more, guys. I literally listen to that show every week. Fun fact, and there's documentation of this, silly me. Never write anything <laughs> down. You should only say things so that way there's no brain proof. But unfortunately, I love that show so much. I wrote to her. I'm like, hey, when is this show coming back? She took a brief hiatus, as we have to sometimes, because this, this pod space, it's a lot. It gets a little crazy. Sometimes you're going to take five minutes and take a deep breath. But I'm like, hey, so it's been that full five minutes. Uh, are we done? Is, is the break over? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm like, yes. When I came back from hiatus, I had to say, yeah, because this, look, y'all, I'm tired of Samaj harassing me on social media. Hey, hi, this is Samaj. Stephanie, let me know when the ep- new episode's coming out. Thank you so much. I'm like, uh, hello. <laughs> yes. Hello. And you made, <laughs> and you also made another cute production note. Production. You've made another cute production note that I meant to uh, also throw in this earlier because it's something I'm just very excited about. So oh. you said October 19th, we get our new season of The Bachelor. But you know what else we get on October 19th? Dave Quinn's book, Diamonds and yes! Rosé. So excited for that. I have my, I, pre, I already pre-ordered mine. I can't wait to get it. Me too. I got, in the words of Nini, I got it on the iPod. I went to the iBooks bookstore and I got it on the iPod. So I will be reading it immediately. <laughs> so, oh, so you are, you're a, um, you're an ebook fan or you are an audiobook fan? So I have not transitioned over to audiobook yet, but I'm definitely down for an ebook. Oh, what about you? One thing that I miss about driving places, because I work from home and I'm home all the time. Right. Now, right. I do miss my audiobook time because my car time was when I would listen to audiobooks. And even at work, because work is boring and only requires half of my brain, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would listen to audiobooks, but now I just watch TV or watch podcasts or things like that. So I haven't really audiobooked in a, in a while and I need mm. to. Ooh, Last audio I listened to, because I've only listened to two, quite frankly, because it's like, I, I don't, I like, see, I'm a, I'm a library girl. Yes, so me I like too. the smell of Grew up in a library. Li- Come on. So I'm like, I'm a library person, so I'm used to reading. So the um, audiobooks I got, one was Michelle Obama's audiobook, which is fantastic because mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. audio. Yes. She's doing the audio. And the other one was, um, if you watch Bridezilla's back in the day, Danny Starr wrote a, sh- um, okay. a book. So I get her book, but I also have the hard book and she actually signed it for me. But I have the audio book and the audio book is super cool because there's other stuff in the audio book that's not in the book. Hmm. So that's why I like her audio book because she adds You know what's stuff. a good audio book? What? Oh, what? I mean, uh, I really like memoirs anyways. They're all pretty me good. Me too. Yeah. But especially uh, Trevor Noah's Born a Cry. Because A, the story is really good. Sure, right. sure. I love like the way he thinks about stuff. Oh. Um, and then B, you know Trevor Noah does the voices. He's always doing yeah, different voices. Yeah, he really does. He, so does. he does that oh, while God. he's recording. So it makes it mm-hmm. even funnier to listen Ooh. to stories. But okay, I might have Really, it's really, really good. Is it? Okay. His life is interesting. Good to know. And then our last book note, uh, coming soon. Uh, in March, we got um, Danny Pellegrino's book, which I'm excited for his his essays mm-hmm. and stories. And then oh. in May, we have our very own Dr. Wendy Osepo. Her memoir is coming out next okay. May called The Tears of My Mother. So I hope she'll do a book tour situation and we can go out and meet her, get the picture, get the book signed and support. Well, we'll be out at a pepperoni her. pizza by then because uh, I want to see Miss mm-hmm. Osefa in them gams, yeah. okay? And yeah. Eddie and them cheekbones. <laughs> it's so worth it. I was blessed to see them in person last weekend. And yeah, no, it, it adds up. It adds up. Mm-mm. Exciting. Yes, but we are not here for any of that. Uh, here I am getting off topic again. So today's topic. I can't topic- believe this. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. 
no, my two older sisters are hanging out without me. I mean, I probably would have said no anyways, but like they didn't even invite me. Girl, ain't that the word? She'd be like, oh my God, but I wouldn't, I want to stay in my house. Actually, no, I probably would have forced myself because it's my one sister's birthday. Happy birthday to your sister. Right. But every year I make a point of going to go hang out with her. And I thought she just wasn't doing anything, but apparently... I just didn't get invited. That's cool. That's cool. Aww. You know what? This brings me back to Roni season nine when Ramona wanted to be invited to Bethany's party. And she's like, I wasn't going to go, but I wanted to be invited. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't you invite me? You have to invite you me. You know what? You know what? You know what? It would be nice, Bethany, if you just invited me because, but you, you don't like women. You don't support <laughs> don't women. Don't support other women. <laughs> To which it's Bethany like, says, oh. inviting someone to a party they said they're not going to go to is like a hand job. It's a useless exercise. Yeah, but it makes them feel good. Yeah, because <laughs> right, it's like, you but go. you didn't like, want to come. Like, who's like, oh, no, I don't want a hand job. Like, it still feels good. So, <laughs> invite me. <laughs> invite me. Support me. Invite me. <laughs> Support <laughs> me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we are actually here today. <laughs> See, you guys, we have, we have fun here, okay? Believe it or not, we, we have fun at this damn show. Uh, we are actually here to talk about um, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Something that I'm constantly reminded of every day when I log into the Twitters and choose violence. When I log into the Instagrams and choose violence. When I turn on the television and also choose violence again. Three times I've chosen violence before 9 a.m. on a Monday. Um, so I'm here to talk about with these two lovely ladies being black in the workspace. Ooh. And I'm choosing this because I have two professionals here. You heard that professionals yeah. are in very specific fields that are extremely related to this because not only are they black, they are black women. And then we have some other pieces of that beautiful puzzle that we will get into later. I can't give you everything in the first five minutes because why are you going to listen? So first, I would like to have the audience get a brief understanding of our current titles. Ladies first, what are, what are we currently doing for our work? You don't have to get specific because I know we got to protect our titles here. We'll talk about that too. And uh, yeah, let's let's roll in. Let's let's talk about our jobs. Oh, okay. Um, so I guess we're keeping, I'll go first. Or actually, no, Stephanie can go first. So my job, I can't tell you uh, where it is, no. but I work within the human resources field. So HR. Hmm. Um, so that is where I am. I, uh, policy is fun. Payroll is fun. But yeah, I work in uh, human resources. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my job, which I also cannot tell you where it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's for the Patreon. It is uh, in banking. I actually just made a goal for myself, which is uh, in April will be my 15 year anniversary with the company. Congratulations. And, uh, thank you. I would like to gift myself with a two week resignation. Um, Come on! You heard it here. You heard it here. You heard it here first. So I'm really gonna focus on all my side stuff that I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of work on the side, most of it for free. We're gonna turn it financial and get myself out. But in the corporate world, it's in banking. I work for a large bank. I've worked in multiple sectors of it, from mortgage to small business Mm. um, to escalations, and now I work in their social media area. Nice. Love that. I love that. Warning, guys. Uh, I still have not worked out my Lisa Barlow kink, so there'll be a lot of love that's which my editor will have fun editing it out. Um, Is Lisa Barlow the reason? Because I noticed myself saying that. I was moderating a panel, and I was like, I love, I love, love that. that. Love that. Love that. And I was like, why do I keep saying love that? Influence. 
it's influence. We uh, we have all we've all been influenced. I'm by, easily influenced. I always me too. Literally, I influenced. am the dream consumer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I work not the dream consumer, honey. I <laughs> I work in a cubicle in an office. Uh, no, I like work, ask me how many tie dye things I have bought since everyone started wearing tie dye. Like, what is wrong with me? I show it to me. I want it. I am such a basic bitch, and that's okay. Me too. I mean, <laughs> I I'm literally waiting. <laughs> literally waiting for the next drop, and also currently waiting for the limited edition, limited run, soon coming, according to Robin, words from her mouth, reasonably shady hoodies. So, literally. Yeah. Ooh, I want a hat. Uh, embellished em- embezzle. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's coming soon. Uh, she says a uh, limited run of reasonably shady merch will be out for the fall, hey. which I'm excited for. But no, guys, I work in... Um, Benefit payments, uh, do with that information what you will. And it is tied to a state entity. I'm not going to get too specific because I don't want you guys to hear this. Just like something I say, and then go find my employer. So right. if you want right. that, you'll have to pay, pay for that in a future paywall atmosphere, but not here. So just know I, I work. Wait till I get my two weeks. I have so much tea to spill. Oh, come on, girl. You will be back. Yeah. You're going to let us drop a spray. Okay. On the Patreon, she will. Yeah. Oh, let's drop yes. a spray. <laughs> Yes. Okay. So in the vein of Working While Black, that should be the working title of the show, Working While Black. We experience mm-hmm. so many things. Uh, let's just start with literally, in the words of our good Gia, waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things, just wishing it would all get better. Um, oh, it says my internet connection is unstable. I hope that's a lie. Uh, no devil, no. So literally, you know. Yeah, I missed part of what you just said. Yeah, because oh, you were going, you were like in on Cybertron with Optimus Prime. Oh no, am I back? Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. Okay, you're back now. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about how how eh, how hard it is to just no. There I go again. What the hell? Okay, sorry. One second, guys. Let me uh adjust here. Yeah, you know what, Nehemiah? Now I'm humming your um theme song. Uh, the one for bold, <laughs> bold uh, black and Northern and Lights. Is that what it is? Do you like the song? I do. Actually, I like it. It's weird because we have like such a. Oh, we're recording again. <laughs> oh, so much you're frozen. You're like frozen, frozen this time. I'm frozen. Oh, oh now you're not frozen. Oh, Uh-oh. now you're unfrozen. You're unfrozen. Come on, devil, stop! It's the Lord's day. Leave me alone. I'm trying to record my friends. Um. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me or not? Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So yeah, I know, can hear you. A little broken, mm-hmm. but I can hear you. Oh no! I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why this is happening. We'll work through it. All right. Yeah. So I'll just go and hopefully things are getting yeah, so picked up. This is why having an editor would be amazing. I'm so well, grateful. Hopefully I have your one. editor can just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna go. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. So yeah, literally, it is a struggle to just wake up in the morning, get out the door. Cause we have to, you know, wake up and we have to immediately switch into customer service, but whatever that looks like for each of one of us, we have to do it like for real, because if we say something that rubs someone the wrong way, or if we do something that's perceived as aggressive or, you know, inappropriate or violent, we can be written up fire mm-hmm. or who knows what else. Meanwhile, our coworkers who don't look like us will do that and vent some and go on about their day. I mean, great for them, more power to them, but right. that's not our reality. Mm-hmm. So I want to start there because literally when I wake up, even now working from home, I'm so mindful of like how I respond to my emails, the timeliness in which I do it. You know, I'm literally like overanalyzing five times every single word I'm using. A uh, perfect example, 
I had a customer who was complaining about our server and he's like, you know, this system is crap. Uh, I don't understand this crap, 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 crap. And so I like emailed it to my supervisor. I'm like, why is this man, you know, basically, you know, yelling at me in this email. And she's like, I don't think he's yelling. I'm like, okay, well question for you, Miss Supervisor. If I sent this to you, would you be responding the same way? And she never responded. So I have reason to believe that either A, she was annoyed at me, which is valid because I know I'm annoying as fuck all fucking hell. But also... I think it gave her some pause. Like, hmm, I probably wouldn't have let Samaj get away with this. So mm-hmm. something as simple as an email is a perfect example of just how coded this thing can get. You know, like I'm someone who for years has always, no matter what job over it was, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Denny's, Hook and Reel, Smash Burger. Uh, these Hook and Reel? What's Hook and Reel, baby? So it is uh, your Fridays, but it's all seafood. Um, oh. it's a Chinese company. Like the company was formed in China. They had mm. a conversation with the owners, like the kitchen staff, they're all, you know, of Asian descent. And then like mm-hmm. the restaurant owner, uh, she, she, she told me all this. So she said, yeah, like the company is based in China. Now they're franchising in America and they plan to open 80 locations in the next two years. Obviously that plan was stalled by, you know, Miss Rona, but, oh, um, okay. they do plan to have about 80 locations popping up. So yeah. So, uh, everything in there is seafood based and then like the environment is uh, catering to a more urban crowd. It's like very fast. I mean, they're always playing some type of, uh, as they say, urban music over there. So we'll talk about that later too. But yeah, um, Mm. so I work there. But yeah, I'm like always learning every handbook, every little rule. So that way, when my coworkers who don't look like me act out, I can go to the manager. Excuse me, uh, Johnny is in the bathroom texting on the phone. I hear him having a very explicit conversation. Is this in the handbook? To which they would say, no, I'm not sure. I was like, right, well, what are we going to do about it? Because I know if I do this, you're going to send me home, right? Like, yeah, maybe. I'm like, right. So anytime anyone's doing something, I'm Mm. there. I am the work snitch. I don't care. What I don't care. <laughs> Listen, because if I don't you do it. You said that on the, when you did the live with me. Samaj, by the way, has been on live with me before. But, um, yes. oh, Samaj, it says you have 10 minutes remaining. Well, ain't this about a bitch. But um, you know what? It's okay. We, we, we will simply start another meeting. Because Zoom will not win today. Devil, the devil in the Zoom will not you, win. What, I'm sorry. Are you Sunday. using the free Zoom? Yes. <laughs> Okay, that's okay. That's yeah. I had to give that up a while ago. I was like, you know what? Let me just pay the $15 a month because I record too much. But their whole thing with storage is such a pain. Like, if you want to go from $15 a month to one with one gig, Mm -hmm. the only next option is like a hundred gigs and $40 a month. Right? We're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. The devil is a liar. We're not doing it. But yeah, I've always learned every handbook. So that way, you know, if someone tries it, I can be like, nope, you're violating. Because someone's always doing something. So that's the point. But yes, I am the work snitch, especially when I'm it comes to non-people of color, you know, white people, non-people non, non of color, because y'all get away with everything. And, and you know what? Not on my watch. So you know what? <laughs> if Listen, <laughs> if, if I'm here hating life following the rules, you're also going to be here hating life following the rules. Oh, and I'm always going to run to the manager. So don't do it in front of me. I'm not saying don't do it. Just don't do it for me. Because if I see you, just know I know the handbook and I'm going to be able to catch you with, with the page number and paragraph line that is so funny snitches get stitches my friend we Clearly. sure do but you know i'm from new york and i was taught how to back up this mouth with these hands so there you go there, that's all you got that's where it goes if that's where it goes, that's where it goes. I and mean, also, i've also been blessed by the good lord above with the gift of gab so i'll probably finish you off with these words before we ever get to the hands. But if we get to the hands, we can do it. If that's what we want to do, we can do. So um, I hear the New York, honey. <laughs> and not the Aquafina, New York. So that's great. 
even though I'm also from Queens, you know, just like Nora, I'm also from Queens, mm-hmm. but you know, because you're from the black part of Queens, yes, <laughs> right? The same Is there part, a white part um, of Queens. Oh yes, yeah, that's where she's from. <laughs> Yeah, she's from uh, Flushing. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm from the side of town that Fafty's from, okay? Mm. So That's ladies. right, he is from Queens. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh my God, I Curtis forgot. Jackson is from Queens, Mr. Fafty. So is LL Cool J. That's right. Oh, I actually have a picture with him because he used to go to the local diner and he actually hung out with my mom a lot and he wanted to take out on a date and that dummy said, no, I could have been the child of LL Cool J. Oh my God. <laughs> but my mom wanted what to play waste. games. Your mom could have been the one he's writing these whack-ass love songs about. Mm-hmm. I've been cheating on you, but now I love you, baby. Thanks for sticking through my cheating. Shut up. Listen, <laughs> she, listen, she, she, listen, she could have been crying in a mansion in L.A. and not um, crying. And, uh, no, you know what? Let me leave my mother alone now. That's what I said. Well, uh, no, when now people how try to say money this? doesn't buy happiness, I'm like, stop lying to yourself. Because mm-hmm. everybody is sad. Poor people are sad. Rich people are sad. I'd rather be rich and sad than poor and sad. So, I mean, Points are made, quite frankly. Points are made. Absolutely. But yes, let me leave my mother out of this because now why is she in this? How does she get in here? Uh, <laughs> she didn't even do this. You see how they just bring me up and stuff? I ain't even did nothing. Absolutely. So, uh, ladies, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, just uh, the mental strain and drain it takes to just get to your office? All the things you think about, you have to do, how you have to be in your P's and Q's, how you have to have every duck in a row before you even step out that front door. You want to go first? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I have to dig deep back to the pre-COVID days when I gave a damn. Because that day Girl. is long past us. <laughs> dig it up, up, on. But, dig it. Dig it up, But back up, in the on. day, it was. It was like you wanted to make sure that you looked good because you don't have the luxury of being, like, sloppy and taking seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for me, because I'm not just a woman. I'm Black and I'm fat. So it's like all of the things that, you know, mm-hmm. I always say that, like, if people walk into a room with like equal footing, like take a step back if you're a woman, take a step back if you're black, take a step uh-huh. back if you're fat. And I'm already three steps behind the behind, like your average, like, let's say Caucasian white man walking in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just been a lot of knowing that and knowing that whereas other people get to walk into spaces and be a blank canvas. Uh-huh. I have to walk into spaces proving that I'm not the preconceived notions that they instantly have from looking at me. And that can be exhausting sometimes. It definitely is. For me, yeah, I have to take pre-COVID days because um, in, I'm sorry, in the peplum dress, mm-hmm. I just stopped caring a lot about what people thought and also realized that it is okay if I don't be perfect at everything that I do. I'm very good at my job. And let me just be very clear because y'all keep asking me to do shit and then are surprised when it's actually done correctly and efficiently. And then it's, it's like, I gotta, I have to change up. I gotta get corporate. I get my corporate voice on and also have to deal with the fact that when, because of my name, this is a very common name. People are surprised when they see me. They're like, oh, you're Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah the a very efficient um, microaggression person that you talk to via email. Yeah, that's me, honey. Yeah, that's me. It's Hi, like, how are you? But yeah, always asking me to do something. And then when I like say, hey, you can't do this, it becomes, are you sure? I've only been doing this for a few years and you're I'm literally your contact for this. So I would think I know what I'm doing. But right. yeah, yes, I do think you should do this. What, what, what is wrong with you? 
the constant questioning guys, simple things that, you know, in your job, you know, you in order for you to have the job, your boss knows you have to do it, but yet they still want to take that extra minute. I'm like, are you sure? Is this what you really want to send? Yeah. Cause I swear I live for y'all. I live for the emails. When I answer somebody's question saying they can't do something. And my boss says, Stephanie is correct. Thank you. I knew that before I hit send, but thank you for that validation. Cause if they don't like what I'm saying, which is why I copy her on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So she's not like, Oh, she's like, well, I mean, you told them the right thing. I don't know what the issue is. They don't like hearing no, because some people literally operate, especially when you're in a place of service. And let's just be very clear. Mm. Human resources is a place of service to other people. They don't like hearing no. And it's very much like, well, the customer is always right. I'm like, oh, baby, when you sign all those forms you don't read, there's a lot that you do. Come on. Talk about it. Policies are broad and narrow at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this thing or I was reading this thing where because a lot of times people don't realize like how much extra work you have to do as a woman or as a black woman to get people mm-hmm. to listen to you, to mm-hmm. get people to accept you, to not deal with pushback. And there was this lady who was saying she actually made like a fake assistant account for herself and would send emails saying she was busy or she couldn't do something from that email. And whenever it would come from her, people would give pushback or say like, oh, why can't you? Or, oh, well, you don't want to. But whenever it would come from her fake white male assistant, they're like, okay, sure. We understand. Mm-hmm. And um, same thing with, I saw another person who did it like with their boss. They're trying to explain to their boss, like why it takes them so much longer to close stuff than the counterparts. And she's like, cause they push back with me all the time. Mm-hmm. So for a while they had her send the emails from him instead of from her, no pushback. She did like double the amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's purely because people just don't want to understand that women or black women or whatever can be as knowledgeable. And what they don't understand is actually we're often more knowledgeable because like I said, if I enter a room three steps back, that means I've had to work that much harder to be in in the room room. and to be in that space. So really you should be looking out for the black woman, the black man, the black who, whatever, because Mm -hmm. they've had to work that much harder to be in that space. So we're often much more knowledgeable than our counterparts. We know the rules. We know the handbook. We know the basics. So when you do have what what, what we will consider is your stupid question, because had you took the time to read the handbook or read whatever materials you got, you would have known. So yeah, I am going to say, you know what, dummy, read the book. Don't ask stupid Well, we questions. just don't get the luxury of being, being mediocre. We don't. And that's Correct. not to say that like all white people are mediocre. They're not. And that's not to say the people who entered them in those rooms aren't um, working hard because they are. Well, I'm just saying we had to work harder to get in the same space. So we tend to be more knowledgeable. That's just a fact. It's just more- a fact. Because that's the thing. It's like we think about black women working. We're usually overqualified for yeah. the position that we actually get. Yep. Or And then they're like, well, why didn't you go for a higher position? Because you may look at my resume, look at my name and say, oh, this sounds like a black name. Oh, this sounds an African name. Oh, this sounds like a foreign name. I don't want to talk to them. And it's like that person could literally have a PhD mm-hmm. for a job that only requires a bachelor's and you still wouldn't even interview them based on their name. And also, fun fact, sometimes with recruiters and people who work in recruiting, they'll look at your zip code, too, mm-hmm. and go, oh, you live over there. Systematic racism, environmental racism, it is real. Yeah. So uh, as you guys have been hearing, there's so much that goes on for your lovely, lovely Black co-worker in the workspace. So next time you see them, buy them a coffee. And now we're going to talk about someone else's workspace. Uh, We're going to talk about the workspace of some people we really enjoy. Oh, really quick. I'm sorry. Can I just add something? Yes, please. 
So with the whole, like the black person in the workspace, like also give allowance to the fact that we're, ha- we're allowed to have a range of emotions besides being just like calm and happy. Like, I feel like anytime I've ever expressed like frustration or whatever, like I've been punished for it more than any mm-hmm. other coworker would. And I, I haven't even been acting out that much. It's just me like expressing like past the normal, like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Being like, listen. Blah blah blah. The slightest and change in tone. The slightest, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, man. Oh my god, calm down, calm down. It's like, uh, I am calm. It's like when Wendy, oh, actually, let me help you transition. It's like when Wendy was talking at the shady thing the other night, and Robin was like, calm down when he's like, I am calm. And she's like, stop yelling when he's like, I'm not yelling. And she wasn't, she was just expressing her displeasure, and they were like, calm down. Um, but we deal with that a lot, and it's very frustrating. The light-skinned bullshit coming from the Green Eye Bandits, which brings us to our next topic, The Real Housewives of Potomac, season six. Yes, thank you for that beautiful transition. (laughs) See, guys, this is why I have both Namada and Stephanie here, because they are the pros. I am the schmo. Um, I'm the schmo, I am the schmo. You know what? I own it, because you know I'm learning. I'm listening and learning this season. So it it is my place and time to be the schmo, and I'm going to own it in all my schmoiness. Um, Own it, own it, own it. It, but you have to be open in order for this to work. We have to be open and honest. So Smack that's where we're right in her <laughs> Smack her right in her Muppet mouth. Shut your Muppet mouth. Yes, baby. So one thing I'd like to point out, and as much as I do enjoy these ladies, especially in the most recent years, you know, Giselle, Robin, and, you know, even the ground down to a degree, wherever they want to acknowledge it or not, and they did in season one, wherever they acknowledge it or not, there is a huge issue with colorism. And I say mm-hmm. that to say our darker skin cast, so Candy Gal, Dr. Wendy, and even at times, you know, Monique, who's a little darker, they were- And Estella. And yes, and Estella, yeah, for sure. They are overlooked, they're like kind of put to the side, but the second they speak up, it's like, you know, so explosive when they're really not saying much of anything that's so controversial. And the ladies do it, the audience does it, and I'm not here for it. I'm constantly in these Twitter streets, uh, you know, saying, here here we go, green eye bandits and the lights can bullshit again. So I would like to just take a moment and talk about just the treatment. If you guys have any examples of tweets you've seen or, you know, interactions that you have with people where people are, you know, consciously or unconsciously, you know, uh, uh, being negative towards Candace or Scholar Doc or Wendy or anyone who looks like them, please speak to that because I see it all the time and that's why I'm always ready to go up for Candy Gal. Come on. So you think because she's they're darker that they get treated harsher? It's definitely a large part of it. It's not completely because, yeah, you know, because you, for sure, you know, you can be dark skinned and an asshole. But when 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 Candace is doing the same thing that, you know, Arena is doing and Erica's doing, or Kyle's doing, they're getting praised for it. But because it's not them, someone who looks like Arena or a Kyle or a Dorit, now it's a problem. Like it happens all the time. So, you know, people say all the time, you know, Candace goes below, below the belt. Sure, she does, but she's not praised for it. When we got me and my Lisa Rinna going uh, to a mother with children, are you doing cocaine in, pe- in your bathroom? Are people doing cocaine in your household? Meanwhile, you know, it's a public show. You know, as we know, the feds are watching. CPS is probably watching. What if they wanted to call and say, hey, so, you know, your co-star said uh, you're doing cocaine in your bathroom and your kids are around. Okay, then what? But, you know, Candace says, you know, for example, you know, Ashley is, you know, a Bedouin, Roach, whatever. People want to forget Ashley started that fight. People want to forget Candace is simply responding, but she gets vilified immediately because she's awful. People tell her to go, you know, harm herself and all these awful things. Hey, 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 there, Star You're going to need to reset all of that again. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's your new name, Star Scream. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have, you know, Brenna acts 
accidentally she's doing coke in her bathroom. I was like, oh, good job, Rena. But, you know, Candace will say, you know, oh, you know, calling Ashley, you know, a concubine and a bed wench. But she, we know she's only responding because Ashley started that Twitter. And I love people. I love people say, oh, she's pregnant. She's a mother. Well, uh, this pregnant mother took the time to, out of her day to go fight Candace and Candace responded and she wasn't ready for the smoke. But you guys want to, you know, vilify Candace, tell her to go, you know, kill herself and all these awful things, say she's the worst. How could she? But we're going to praise someone who's accusing a, a mother with small children of doing cocaine in the bathroom saying, well, I don't know. I heard it. You, you know, this is the thing about Potomac because I've been watching it since day one and I remember a little trickling down on how they talked about Potomac. So Potomac was the first all black housewives because Atlanta did not start all black because they had Kim Mm because they were afraid to do an all black cast. That's why um, Atlanta had Kim and that's why Married to Medicine had Carrie. Mm -hmm. So it was like, yeah, they, they, they weren't ready. So when it came to Potomac, it's like that was the first all black cast. But then the joke was it was Majority all light skinned women and Sharice Jackson Jordan. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, the show was about, was centered around Sharice, and it was supposed to be something more about Jack and Jill moms. And they were like, we're not going to film. So then she had to outsource and find other people. That's why a lot of the people that's on Potomac aren't technically in Potomac mm-hmm. because she had to find other people. So that's the thing. That's like, that was always the running joke about Potomac. It's a bunch of light-skinned women. So yep. then they, st- they added like a Monique, they added Candace, and now they've added Wendy and a friend of Escala. And the thing about it is it's always been there, but it's more pronounced because Wendy's actually calling it. I'm like, no, we've always seen it. Because mm-hmm. when I was watching last season, thank God for Brooke Ashley, because I was like, I thought I was going crazy because, yeah. And so when Sharif, when Sharice, when Monique was talking, like they had a conversation like that reunion about colorism, mm-hmm. and Monique is like, "No, there is no colorism. It never happened." This, that, and the third. It was hilarious because I'm like, you know what, Monique, you're the one saying no. It's about behavior. I'm like, okay, sure. so keep that same energy because you don't sure, want Jan. people saying that about you. Right. So the thing about it is, I was like, this is why Andrew Cohen is not the person to have this conversation because I saw it as clear as day, and it was like. Uh, Monique, you would understand that there was colorism on this show if you had hit Ashley. Mm-hmm. If you had hit somebody lighter yes. than you, it would have been more pronounced and you would have understood. But because you hit somebody, one, dark as dark as you, your same skin tone, they're not dark-skinned women, let's be very clear. But right. they're around the same skin tone and people didn't like Candace. That's why you easily slid in there. And it's like, girl, because my example for colorism on Potomac is Ashley Darby. Yes. It is her. I enjoy her on social media. I love, love, love her. But this is how, like, if you're like, what's an example? Robin and Giselle hitched up their horse and came to that alligator meat restaurant and literally. I mean, this kangaroo restaurant. Right. Got (laughs) in her face. Got in her face. Robin was like, I'm not in your face. This is how your face. When she talked to her mother about it, she said they came in a little aggressive. I'm like, huh. Let her, when her and Wendy were going at it, she called Wendy ferocious. I'm like, wait a minute. For, you are ferocious. Because the thing about it is, I had to go back and watch that episode. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. see, Ashley is used to talking down to these other women However because they're not rich women. And you're so used to like, I have a rich husband. And, that, and Wendy didn't back down to you. So that's why you have an issue. Mm-hmm. And it's like, should she have picked a fight? Probably not. Should you have been more mad at Monique? You should have, because that was her trip and Monique yep. should have just said hey 
Just want to let you know, Ashley's bringing her child too. So if you want to bring your baby, you can. That's all you had to say. And mm. instead of doing that, it became like, why you have five? It's not a big issue. It's a big ass issue to a woman who had a baby two months before and her baby was in the NICU. Yeah, when that I is a you, very big issue. I'm like, oof. see, you didn't help. So that was my thing. Because with Ashley, she, I listened to how she talks about it. She'll say, oh, I'm being fair. I'm like, you're not. But go off, sis. Yeah. She is out of control. And sorry, everyone, sue me. You know what? Still, still learning. So I guess this is the part where you guys are gonna listen. Um, when Dr. Wendy said, people like you, which I, and I think what she meant was people who think they can get away with, you know, just saying anything. Talking people to me who, any kind of way. Any, yep. People like you, no, you call me doctor, address me. What yep. she was saying is have some respect, learn some respect and address me correctly. Like, uh, so when she literally said address me correctly, she was also bagging up her people like you, people who have gotten away with all this crap for years. People, mm-hmm. you know, oh, so cute, so little. No, people like you, I, I got that so well. I'm like, no, you, I, I was clapping. I was like, yes, doctor, when he addressed me I mean, I got what you're correctly. saying. And I think like, even with your examples earlier, you know, you were mentioning um, like the Lisa Renna's and the whatever's and those are good examples but I love that we brought it back to Potomac because truly you don't even have to go as far as comparing them to their white counterparts just their lighter counterparts Correct. like the way that we all like Giselle is so messy love her messy she's so messy and she's so like like wearing that shirt about what's his name's taxes and <laughs> free Uncle Ben yeah she crosses so many lines we're all like oh it's just Giselle she's just that messy. in and of itself yeah, and Ashley, oh, she's just messy and then with Candace we're like she's the devil mm-hmm. and it's just like really is it that bad like I even I have to check myself because I know that I really but can't no, Candace does cross the line sometimes when she gets angry. Part but, of a job, but you know, yeah. But yeah, again, I will she say that so she gets that harsher. Immediately. She's judged yeah. way. Like, even the whole calling Ashley with the wide forehead, no, yes, it's not nice to body shame. Well, people body shame way worse than calling someone wide. Why? I mean, when they talk about their forehead, I was like, this is Atlanta light, you guys. This is Bethany, you know, in Ramona, Luann, the man, blue man. Her shoulders, she's so big. Right, mm-hmm. We don't talk about Listen, that. Listen, the shit so the funny. women so say on New York. If Hooray! someone would just put the arguments of New York into podcast format Girl. and people could listen to them instead of seeing a bunch mm-hmm. of white women say it, they would be appalled. Like some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths is so appalling. It's so gross. It's Ramona specifically. Bethany just, too. Especially Ramona. Bethany sometimes it. too. Bethany tried it with Jules. So when Bethany like, tried it with uh, Bethany and Luann. Bethany mm-hmm. Luann for filth when she gets mad at her. Correct. And no one tells them like, oh my God, that's way too far. How dare you? They don't ever tell them to back down. Or nope. call them a good light entertainment on you Twitter. Yeah. I'm like, I can't wait for you to come after Erica, mm-hmm. Andrew, and call her a disaster on Twitter. I, you have never called Kelly Dodd and said you had some tweets, but you didn't call her a disaster. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wait a minute, does that girl? You do realize are we watching, watching the same this, show? You do right. realize there are people who didn't just start watching Potomac last year. Yes. <laughs> it's like, girl, you'll never say that to any of the Vanderpump Rules people who've been fighting since day damn one. Mm-hmm. So the thing was, were they like, oh, that was a terrible fight? It wasn't a terrible fight. Also well, physically fighting for fight. many seasons. Also physically fighting for several seasons physically. on Bad Apple Rules. No, physically that's, a, that's what I'm talking about. You'll never be able to tell me fight. anything about any of the cast because to me, top tier appalling was Aviva throwing her leg on that table. Like, child. I just, it's like top tier to me. And then like the fact that they're seen as more respectable. Meanwhile, you have like 
Ramona literally pooping on people's bathrooms floors. Poop and it's on like, the floor okay. and then denying like, it. If the other cast members acted at all, like New York is so appalling in so many ways and mm-hmm. they get away with it because they're rich white women. And I would hope that people could see that, like see that the they only, don't. but they don't. And the thing is, if you took their behavior and put it in any other cast, Like no one would be like people would lose their mind. Like let one of the Atlanta or Potomac women poop on someone's floor or pee in the middle of a. This show is disgusting. We can't watch it ever again. People deal with that. They'll call us animals. They'll call us the worst names in the book because that's how it always is. But with them, it's like oh, it's just Uh, Ramona. The thing about it is, is like if you think like the good, a good example also is Jersey. Season three opened with a melee at a christening. Mm-hmm. It was yes. like y'all had jump cuts. On the so Lord's not Day. not show us the, the fight straight through. So right. I see what y'all are doing. I'm like, it's been worse. They have been physical fights. Excuse me, Andrew. Teresa physically assaulted you and you have never... You laughed it off. It's like, you oh, don't oh, laugh oh, it off like it's no big deal. Oh, I do you have laugh to off say. the fact that pump rules like they fight each other. Y'all laughed that off but wanted to like act like this was the worst thing. I'm like, Girls, talk to somebody who just started watching. And I haven't even brought up Below Deck. So it's like, yeah. baby, you got stuff all over the place. My, like, as much as I was like hard. team wig glue last year mm-hmm. when it came to Monique and Candace, it was yeah. more, I'm more of a basset hound now. I was like, that In still is not the worst thing I've ever seen on Bravo. It's just the yeah. unedited. Married to Medicine season one, literally. I mean, I'm always going to be team Monique. But I do have to say, though, I do think with their argument, part of why it got so much um, talking about was actually a lot from the black community. And I talked about this shameless plug episode one of bold black and addicted to Bravo. When we were talking about, (laughs) when we were talking about ratchet or respectable, um, a lot of the policing comes from within our own people. So like, yeah, those other shows had their moments, but it was dismissed both by the white viewers and also the black viewers versus when the black viewers don't watch those shows. Well, that's true. That's true. But then when you have a scene like Monique and stuff, like I, a lot of the arguments was not just like their behavior, but it was like, oh, you're making a bad name for black women and right, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Five years and you took it away in five seconds. Five minutes. And that's, none of that's true. And we need to stop putting that on each other. Like, mm-hmm. A, we're not a monolith. We're human. B, one black person doing something bad is not representation of all black people. Just like we don't say like all white people. Shit the on the floor. things Ramona yeah. does. Like, if you want us to say, like, oh, well, there's different white people. Well, there's different black people. And the first way to get other races to stop treating us like that is we need to stop treating each other like that. We need to stop saying the minute one black person acts out, like, you're making us all look bad. No, Mm -hmm. you're making yourself look bad. I do not put any of that on me. Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, that's on you. Even though, yes, we know that other people look at us like we are a monolith, but we still have to, at some point, to break that up, we have to start within and stop doing it to ourselves before we can tell other people to stop doing it to us. Correct. Because that was the thing about Potomac, that whole thing with Potomac, because it's like, I remember when it was the thinkity think think pieces about why people watch Bravo. They're like, I watched the girls on Potomac. I watched um, um, Atlanta because I don't want to watch the other shows because they fight. And those were coming from other Black people. Mm -hmm. So when I saw some of the same people who were like that about them a few years ago doing going, Giselle, how dare you say that? Wendy, how dare you say that? Y'all wrong. I'm like, but are they though? Because isn't that y'all reason why y'all don't watch Love and Hip Hop and the Basketball Wives and the Black Eight Crew and the Bad Girls Club? You don't watch it because of that. But then it's like, you just don't, 
So that's the thing. This is an in-house conversation that we had outside. You, that's the thing. More yes. And the thing about y'all sold Potomac to a wider audience with the fight, which is the problem. So mm-hmm. then a lot of people don't. They didn't watch it before. And they're like, no, that's right. This is what happened. I'm like, see, no, no. Right. And now they're reacting it because they think it's more wretched. And it's not. And it's not. And it was like, one, that wasn't even really a fight. Because if Candace wasn't holding her wig down, it would have been a fight. That was not a fight. And that was tame. I have seen worse. Drag me, Monique. Don't tell someone to drag you if you don't want to be dragged. Right. And the thing about because she was making fun of her. Because I'm right. like, wait a minute. She was doing her job, the housewife job. Yeah. The thing about it is, it's like, because for me with that, with that incident, I'm like, I know it got her pissed off because Giselle and Robin were laughing. <laughs> it's like, you mad that they laughing. See, that's mm-hmm. the thing. I know what clown time is for me. That you're whole not gonna scene, punk me. Right. right. That was, the, you're not the gonna whole thing, okay. it, it wasn't even about punking you. It's more like when you on clown, not clown time and the other person is not. It reminded me of Desus and Mero when they went to the breakfast club. The that. day, like a few days before, <laughs> they were making fun of Ebro. I'm sorry, DJ Envy and his wife. So when they came in there, they thought shit was cool. Envy was about to tear them a new one. They were like, what the fuck is going on? And they're like, I don't understand. You have my phone number. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, that could have ended up in a physical fight. And for them, they're like, I would have just defended myself because one, I didn't know. It was like, wait a minute. Are you, are you really mad? He was really mad. They were clown time. Candace was clowning that night. And Monique was like, you not going to make these green eye bandits laugh at me. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, girl, she also knew what she was doing. Like she knew because she knew like what it had been rising. Here's the thing with Candace. And this is what bugs me about her. Um, I, I and I've said it before. Part of why I like her is because I think she's very intelligent and very astute. But it's also part of what annoys me because then she gets a certain situation and tries to act dumb. And we know you're not dumb. Like you knew what you were doing. You are with it enough to know that the temperatures were rising, you were with it enough to see the signs and you still kept pushing because you thought nothing was going to happen. Then when something happened, you're like, oh my God. But like, you did it. It's not like you, like, I get annoyed with her when she plays dumb. I would prefer, and that is the one thing, colorism aside, the one thing that makes Giselle a little bit more dealable with her nonsense is that she doesn't try to pretend like she doesn't know she's causing trouble. She's like, yeah, I'm messy. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so it makes it easier to deal with her than like someone who like throws the stuff and then pretends like, and you know, it pains me because Kyle's my favorite housewife, but like a Kyle, Is she? Like, where, like where they do it. And then they're like, oh no, I, I, what, why are they mad? I don't understand. So like when Candace does it, it's extra annoying to me because I think, and I know that she is so smart. She knows what she's doing. I was so, turning into LVP. Like, uh, she was on Watch What Happens Live the other night. And Andy's like, uh, well, what police say to this? And when they did a close-up on her, you know, giving her best actor's accent of an LVP, her face was, like, contorting into Lisa when they played well, that flashlight game. Yeah. I No, like, I think I think Kyle is, like, somehow transforming into Lisa. <laughs> like, the facial yeah. expressions, the uh, dolly. Um, it's, it's, come, it's coming too naturally for her. It's, it's truly mm-hmm. coming too natural. Um, really quick. Uh, Sorry, Stephanie, go. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. Ouch. I just Um, tangled up my own hair. Um, So the thing about it is (laughs) when it came to that season five, I watched something. I literally watched Candace walk away from Monique every time they were getting here. She like, argue with yourself. She kept walking away. So that's why I was sitting here like, that's probably why she didn't think anything was going to happen. She's like, I'm going to just leave. Y'all like, no, no, talk, talk. It's just like, no, I don't want, it's like, no, what's going to happen here? And it's just like, I'm sitting here like, wait a minute. You, because 
it was also the story. She threw a drink mm-hmm. in my face and that's how it started. I'm like, so that's technically mm-hmm. not how that started. But I do have to, I agree with you. Like I have to give Candace props on the fact that that whole season, we did watch her try to walk away from every like thing. Like even when like, I think there was something like with the fire pit and something else, like she did. She literally kept walking away, away and she gave mm-hmm. Monique, she gave Monique the most apologies that I have. Yeah. She kept well, Monique apologizing was over her. Was and over I was like, it. Monique was like, why are you mad? Like, oh, it has to do with the rumors that Monique said on her face. No, it doesn't. I'm like, because you were just mad. Just it's okay to say you lose control because I don't blame you. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you're so mad, somebody can just blow at you thing, and you're yeah. ready to fuck well, them and up. you know there's those people who just like when they irritate you something mm-hmm. and we can all no matter what they do yeah all, it's right. just gonna get no you matter going. what they do it will just set you off someone else right the same exact thing and you're fine that one person doesn't it, it's like the worst thing in the world. and that's and, and, and i will nature. say and i will say when it came to that night i was watching see i listened to monique mm-hmm. see karen can make those jokes about saying that you only like us when you drunk monique can't it's, no. it's like that's why the needle was off the record like oh mm-hmm. and it was like oh wait y'all not cool I'm like shut up Ashley <laughs> it's like you can um anybody can see they're not cool so it's like see y'all wanted them to talk and the person who said we are not real friends that came from Monique it's yeah. like ma'am you are mad and it's like no we're not real friends so but it's like you don't want to say what it's about it has nothing to do with the rumors it's like why are you mad at her Honestly, I think she was more mad at Giselle and Robin, like you said, not just for exactly. the laughing, but because the rumors about her kid were yeah. started from Giselle and uh, I think, right? Giselle or Robin? It was, yeah. it was, no, it was started with her oh, Riri, friend, yeah. Gigi. Gigi, Riri, yeah. Gigi is the one who started those well, rumors. Gigi, but as far as it getting within the group, like Giselle, I think, brought it up, mm-hmm. right? They, she just, Gigi went straight to production oh, herself. It was, supposed to come up the <laughs> it was supposed to come up at the season four reunion. She yeah, talked to Sharice. Right. She talked to Cand- Candace was like, stop No, thank this. you. Not interested. Candace is the one who helped Monique do that cease and desist with Gigi. Mm-hmm. If that's not your buddy, why is she helping you do a cease and desist? I think they had a real friendship. That's why they do. That. If Damn. they hadn't had a real friendship, I don't think Monique, Monique would have handled her the way she handled Giselle. She would not have given a damn. Right. But, you know what I mean? But I think she truly did have a real friendship with Candace. And so she truly was hurt. And made her extra mad. Yeah, and that's like, and Candace did too, because it was like, wait, that she was like, all of a sudden, we're not real friends. We're not mm-hmm. like, where is this coming from? It's like y'all are it's real friends, and that's what's happening right. now with uh, like, Doctor Williams. Yeah, because it's like you just mad, honey, when and it's like, okay. Well, cool, because you can't lie to your pastor and say either you lying to us or you lying to your pastor. Did you flat out told him she did not deserve that? She mm-hmm. did not deserve what happened to her. So why are you lying to us and just sitting there with people going? She deserved it. Yep, she sure did. But you told your pastor that she didn't. And Baby, I need that- you to own your part. You don't need to own <laughs> Candace's part, sweetheart. I need you to own your part. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't keep telling people you she didn't deserve it, and then act like she did. Right, wanted her iced out when people were like we don't like how she talks, and it was fine. Told people don't invite me, and then said I can't believe y'all iced me out. But you said don't invite me, so there's nothing I have to talk to you about. And with that, we are putting a lint on season five. Put a button on it, Samaj. Put a button, zip it, like Doctor Whitney said. And now we're gonna travel up north. To my home, my city, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to the housewives of New York City. So this was a rough season, as we mm. can put it lightly. But what I will say, I truly believe this is the realest season 
that we've ever had. Because for once, I saw my experience fully flushed out through uh, the lens, through really? the of Miss Ebony Williams. Because oh. I saw this as I saw this as the topic of the show: a black black person, black woman going to work, and this is how we get treated in the workplace. Everything we do, it's a problem. Whether it's good or bad, literally, no good deed has gone unpunished, and no bad deed has gone unpunished. Every little thing we do, overanalyze, scrutinize. So, watching Ebony's experience. That was the most scene I've ever felt watching a housewife show. Wow. Really? Scene? Was there That's one particular scene that stood out to you or just overall? Every, every literally mm. every single moment. Like, you know how like, you know, a, a lot a lot of our quote unquote friends would say, oh, you know, she's too uptight. She's buttoned up. She always has an answer. Yeah. She's so politicized. We have to get that way. We have to go into that office knowing every single little thing, having an answer for every single thing. Because if we don't, if the boss is in a bad mood that day, guess what? We're written up. Or you know what? We're fired. So watching her be on her P's and Q's every single scene, having an answer for everything. I'm like, yep, that's my experience. That, that's me in the workplace. So I have never felt more seen than watching Ebony K. Williams on that screen this season. I felt so validated. Like yeah. I have truly never enjoyed it more. And I know, you know, it's 13 years of this. I know Luann's an asshole, Ramona's an asshole. Like mm-hmm. I've, I, I know what I'm signing up for. Honestly, I, honestly, I thought it'd be worse. And it probably was because we know they cut it out. But, you know, I was prepared for all that. But I really did feel so seen because I, I too, have, I'm always so poised. I, I always have an answer. I'm always watching. I'm always on it. I'm always trying mm-hmm. to, you know, impart knowledge, whether someone asks for it or not. Because, you know what? Too damn bad. This is my life and I'm here and you're, you're going to get it. So, like, I have never ever felt and I don't repeat it myself but really I've yeah. never felt more validated and more seen than watching Ebony's season yeah and I mean I think that I enjoyed watching her because I think she's so smart and so poised and I enjoyed watching what she brought to the scene I think it's unfortunate that she got such a bad rap mm-hmm. because truly the problem was not Ebony the problem was the woman's reactions to Ebony Correct. like when Ebony tried to do the the dinner um, and they're like, oh, it's so boring. But like, it's because of how you were reacting and like the whole Shabbat thing, like that could have been a really fun, interesting time to mm-hmm. learn, mm-hmm. to like educate ourselves. Instead, we had listen to listen and learn. Instead, we had to deal with Ramona having like a hissy fit about Jewish people not liking her and being mean to her once. Like mm-hmm. I, it's, it's just, it's really frustrating that even while watching those scenes and we all see the problem in those scenes, Viewers still managed to make it an Ebony problem. And it's like, Ebony is not the issue in this. That's scene. the thing. Yep, it's how those women are reacting to Ebony. So if real for me. react to Ebony in a normal way, all of those scenes would have been so different. And even when they're like, oh, she brings stuff back to racism. Because she has to educate their dumb asses. Like, she can't just let it, it ride. Yeah. They literally asked her to do that. Right. And they're like, oh, let educate us. us. You right. have to teach me. You have, Ebony, you have to, I don't understand. You have to teach me, okay? I want to learn. And the it. thing that they don't even realize is that, y'all, Ebony was so nice Asian. to them. Like, Very. Like, you, like, they don't want to see what they would deal with. Like, put and Amanda Seals in that situation. Girl, she would have cussed them Girl, out. <laughs> the way she would have cussed them all out and read them for filth. Like, Ebony was, if you're going to guess what? To she would have been called an angry black woman. So, right, but go. Ebony so was. And see, and that, ooh, it's still white. Let me breathe. But see, like, that is what is so frustrating. It's like, even when we are calm and when we are doing, like, our best to be, like, so pleasant, mm-hmm. if we're saying something you don't like to hear, we're the angry. We are angry. We're the problem. We're the issue. And at that point, you just want to be like, so let me cuss you out. Like, if you're going to ask right? that cuss That's you what out, we're gonna do. I can really tell you what I think. Then let me do it, yeah. If, you it's, know, if it's a lose-lose, I'm going to at least feel good by getting out what I need to say. Correct. Because the thing about it is, is that 
That's the quickest way to shut us up if you call us angry because mm-hmm. in your minds, you don't think our anger is righteous. So y'all have no reason to be angry. So why are you angry? I'm like, mm-hmm. um, I have several reasons to be angry about a lot of stuff going on in this country. I have a lot of reasons to be angry. You don't see it as righteous, but you think your anger is righteous and you have every right to be mad. And I'm like, that is so ridiculous to me because it was, I was like looking at Ebony, like, girl, y'all said, educate her. Um, it's everything shut down. So bitch, where are you going? You ain't going nowhere. You not. And then it's like, um, guys, mm-hmm. I have seen terrible roadie seasons. This is not one of them at all. There have been terrible seasons. And also y'all brought up a season four. Leg. Um, oh, wait, just- season four. Season I four, just don't understand how people can really oh, I honestly be like, oh, this show takes away from lighthearted fun. When we're talking on Beverly Hills about you like want real, right? burn you want real, victims, real. like burn victims and all the Tom has done. And there's been like so many serious things we've dealt with, but suddenly the show is too serious because we're talking about racism. It takes away from your fun time. Scratching the surface. Scratching, Please. barely scratching the surface. And, the thing about, and it's just literally like just realizing. So I said this a while ago. The reason why a Ebony or a Dr. Tiffany Moon has such an issue is because they were in a majority white class and they are a part of a, a group that typically is in the service of white people. So then it becomes, how dare you not be in service of me? Wait, why are you here? Because that's why they had an issue with Tiffany. Like, oh my God, you in your closet is being ridiculous. Or they're like looking at um, Crystal saying, why are you flaunting this purse? How is she flaunting it? She just left it on the table. It literally was sitting on the table. Kyle made it a big deal. We didn't even know until you said, I'm like, I I don't care how much it costs. Because it's like they don't want to see the minorities do so well. Like they're okay. How dare you have more than me? But they can't have more than them. And then what they do, it's a problem because everyone's like, oh, yes, we love Erica's closet. We love this. But then Mm -hmm. when someone else who's a minority has it, it's like, oh, well. That's just so horrible. Like, oh my gosh, oh, you're wow. so, oh my God, this is so dramatic. Why are you showing us your um closets? I'm like, Stephanie, you live on a golf course. People are dying, Shut Kim, up. and you're spending money on purses. <laughs> right. It was just like, I just hate in general when people complain about the wealth of these shows. It's like, that's why you watch them. If you want to watch they used to people, put the numbers you would, up. Of well, you would be on TLC or TBS if you wanted to see poor then people. Go asking for wealth to come back to the OC, asking for wealth and opulence. Look at that word, yes. asking for wealth and opulence to come back to Orange County. But yet you're getting it. You're lit- literally getting it. On like, you Hills. don't even get more than back. like hmm. bougie than Heather DeBro, And people love her. I love her. But that's because I love seeing people who have things I don't have. Because mm-hmm. instead of being jealous, I'm like, One fancy pants and yeah. um, designer ice. Yep. Yeah. Let me get this design of ice. Like so mm-hmm. extra bougie. And I, you know what it is, though? You know what it is? And mm-hmm. part of it is because I think on some level, people naturally assume, even though half the time they're wrong, that when white people or other people do it, it's because they've earned their wealth. Yes. They deserve mm-hmm. to have that. And when mm-hmm. they see a minority, black person, Asian person, whatever, it's like, hmm. Why do you have that? You couldn't have possibly earned. So, like, we that. we let you do something. Who yeah. let you from? come here? Like, we who let you get that? We let like, you who? in our club. And exactly. it's like, what you mean? Let you? I busted my ass. And it's to just get like, yep. It's like you guys don't even know. First of all, America you has don't even know warped on the brain. Like, our rich people aren't even that rich compared to the rich people in other countries, and also like, not legally rich or orphans <laughs> and widows. I say, I say, hello, crazy right. rich Asians. Right. Come on, it's like. 
even though that was East Asian and it had its own faults. I'm like, girl, mm-hmm. I ain't saying nothing. But it was just like, yeah, we're not doing this. No, we are not. Ladies, this has been quite the conversation. Uh, with all those uh, rough notes, I would like to end on a positive note. So hey. in the vein of, you know, working in the workspace, uh, being Black in the workspace, have, have, have there been any highlights, any positive moments, moments where you're like, you know what, I really did that? For the company or? No, uh, just for you. Just, just just like a personal occupational achievement. Like, you know, like the day you got to typing 60 words per minute or 100 words per minute or a day like, you know, you hit every task faster than everyone else. You all Anything like that. You know, what's hard, Samaj, mm-hmm. is that all of my moments like that, I feel like are partnered with moments of not getting the recognition that I deserve mm. for that accomplishment, you know? Okay. So like there was a while where I was trying to work to be team manager when I worked in small business and... I basically trained the entire department because I had done so many of the classes. I They had me as interim team manager for a while. I was the only manager on the entire floor whose team was meeting and customer treatment. Um, anytime they needed someone to like come in and help with customer treatment, like they knew that they could bring me in and I could switch their numbers um, because I'm a good leader. But then it was like when it came time to give the position, it would always go to like other people. And at one point, my manager was even like, I know you can do the job. I see you doing the job. I just don't I don't know. And mind you, all the people that were promoted ahead of me all have gone or left or sucked at it. But it's like it's so frustrating. Speak about that. Sucked at it. Mediocre. Can't do the damn job. Ask how to do it. Exactly. So it's it's hard because, yeah, I have moments where I'm like, oh, I killed that. And then it's quickly followed with that. And they dismissed it. Or they gave someone else credit for it. And so it's like, F all of y'all. That's why I have now started working for myself. And honestly, the, like I said, I'm getting to my 15 year anniversary, but like just me putting the same energy that I used to put into my corporate job. So I used to drink the Kool-Aid. I was climbing that social ladder. Mm -hmm. And then finally I was like, y'all don't care about me. I'm going to put it on my own stuff. I've done and risen, you know, I'm not that I'm like, Ooh, so high, but like, the no, amount of talk work your I shit. Talk your shit. You're myself, working. You're doing it. Come on. The amount of work shit. I put in for myself in the past three years and where I've gotten, because like this whole social media stuff, like everything you see me doing has only been in the past three years that I've really hmm. been like, listen, I have the intelligence. I have the smarts. I have the work ethic. Let me stop putting it into this. She's always working. Half her stories are her working. They are. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let me stop putting this into this company that doesn't care about me and let me put it into myself. And honestly, working for myself and doing stuff for myself is like, you don't realize how much corporate really bashes you down. It really makes you. you feel like the things about you that are great are mediocre. Like, I really had to work to be like, listen, I am the bomb. I am great at this. Like, you guys mm-hmm. are so dismissive of these amazing quality and skills that I have. And now that I'm putting it on the side in this other post, other space, people are like, oh, you're awesome. And like, that feels good. So in conclusion, screw corporate America, work for yourself. Thank you, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Yeah, I have to breathe Naomi because it's so hard when I have to think about like what part I'm like, yeah, when you're really good at your job or just good at your job and not mediocre, it's kind of like you go, it's little victories here and there. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to even pinpoint one. Um, but for me, it's just literally learning and growing as a person, especially as a Black woman, and really being in these spaces to actually speak. Because a lot of it is just 
it's so interesting when I talk about the HR space. I'm like, mm-hmm. you will not believe how black it actually is, but not at certain levels. Mm. But at certain lower levels, it's extremely black, and it's mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of honestly black women. So it's kind of yep. like when we when you hear people talk about HR and you talk about I'm like, you, there's a lot like you wouldn't know how many black people are actually in it because you don't think about black women in these corporate spaces um, because. It's just hard to do. But when I can get people paid, when I can help people out, that for me, that's fine. I don't have to. I'm like, I can't even think of one thing. It's just it's just mm. hard sometimes when, you know, you know, you're right. And someone's always second guessing you. Mm. Like you keep coming back to me because, you know, I know the answer. Yeah. So stop coming back to me if you are upset. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, love know. That. <laughs> I love that. Ladies, uh, please plug your stuff and get out of here. And a quick show note. Guys, this conversation I had today just barely scratched the surface. I'm still new. I'm still learning how to do this thing. If you want, like, you know, the real version of this conversation, go listen to what else is going on. Because Taria, she is awesome at this. She, she she knows how to have this conversation. I'm still learning. So if you want the real nitty gritty, <laughs> go over there. I'm trying. I'm learning. One day mm-hmm. I'll get like her. But until then, ladies, please uh, plug yourself. Tell people where they can find you. And thank you again so much for doing this. Thank you for having us, Samaj. Um, again, I'm that African butterfly on Twitter, Instagram. Um, uh, what's that other space? Twitter, Clubhouse. Facebook. 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 Yeah, I'm that African butterfly. Just search for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie? And I'm hosting Mocha Minutes Podcast. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the same handle. Mocha Minutes. If you would like to buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com backslash Mocha Minutes would definitely in- Appreciate it and enjoy it. Thank you so much, Smash, for having us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, so you guys know I have lived and gone through and experienced many, many errors in my life. Well, here's a new one that I'm so excited about. So, as you know, I'm very much so a man on the go, a man about town. And I'm sure you're wondering, how do I do it? How do I keep up? How do I stay awake? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. And that secret is Proteus Brews. Yeah, Proteus Brews. So it is the cutest, chicest little coffee shop that I have found at the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. So yes, bikes and coffee, you can't get any chicer than that, right? But no, Proteus Brews is located inside the Proteus Bicycles Bike Shop. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, and you can get handcrafted lattes, espresso drinks, hot chocolate, iced tea, coffee, you name it. All made by hand, all made to order. And you can even get fresh pastries from local bakeries. I mean, Proteus Bruce is just truly the chicest coffee shop around and it helps keep me going Monday through Friday, seven days a week, around the clock from the back in the middle to around again. Proteus Bruce is my friend. So hey, come visit, come visit.